Hey, Millennial listeners, uh, it's Max here. I want to let you guys know uh, we put out together a, a few shirts, some merch that's gone out. Um, maybe you guys do or don't know this, but uh, we're bringing together a lot of brand new designs, things that are really relevant to uh, Neon. We hope you guys like them. Um, things like All Over Neck Print Gator, which is a, a really cool uh, kind of print that we put together for fans of Neon, uh, the Neon of the Future, which is you know rewarding female Neon vendors out there uh, who are doing all sorts of cool work, as well as uh, Hot Bends, uh, which is a sweatshirt and also a t-shirt. If you guys don't know already, uh, we, like I said, these are exclusives uh, to Mono Neon and uh, you can go out there and check them out. They're on the website under merch. Thanks. Welcome to the Mondo Neon Show. Argon, Neon, Helium, Xenon, Krypton. Transform and roll out. Hey listeners, it's Max from Mono Neon. I'm with Michael Galinsky, uh, author as well as artist photographer. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. And so, Michael, uh, for any listeners don't know, uh, Michael's made a book, um, well, did make a book, and a collection of, he's been a photographer many, many years, uh, malls across America. We're here to talk about particularly the book and uh, I guess you could say some of the aspects around the American downtown district, I guess one of the big box retailers, and a little bit about Neon, too. Uh, so it's going to kind of run the gamut, um, but I really admire Michael's work. Uh, it takes a lot of crossroads. I think it's very relevant to what's happening now, especially as we kind of look towards the digital landscape. But, uh, but Michael, yeah, tell us about where you kind of came in. Where where did the structure of, I guess, the book come from? And were you, you know, were you, you know, American popular culture? How, how did you kind of sink your teeth, I guess, into all of this? Uh, good question. I was going to college and I knew that I wanted to make photographs, but I didn't want to um, go to school to be taught how to make, make photographs. Uh, so I was very um, anti-system. Um, so I went to NYU for college and I um, ended up taking a photo class in my second year, like the second semester of my second year of college. And before that, basically I had already, even before I finished, started my fourth semester of college, I'd finished my, um, my major, which was religious studies. And I'd finished it because it was time to declare a major and I realized I'd already completed it. And, and the reason I'm even saying that is because that was a lot of anthropology classes and sociology classes as well as religion. But it was the anthropology classes that kind of really affected the sense about how I thought about making photographs. So in this first photo class I took, it was color photography and I had to come up with a project and I was uh, dating a girl who lived on Long Island and she had to go get something from the mall. And we walked in and I had my camera and I was like, oh, here's my project. Because it was just this like riot of color and people. And it was essentially, I was really, um, I really loved the photographer, Gary Winogrand, who did all this kind of beautiful street photography. A lot of it in New York, a lot of it in LA, some in Texas. But um, here, here was this opportunity to kind of do street photography, but in a mall where people were really crushed together. Um, but I was also thinking about the mall as the new public space, right? But it was a private space. So there was all these kind of sociology and anthropology issues in the examination of what this space was. And at the time, I was kind of like a punk rock kid. And I pretty much hated the mall. I, I really didn't like it because um, the mall represented all these kind of things to me that were wrong with American culture. Um, you know, having said that, I grew up in a, in a college town where there was a small mall and we would go to the mall and I, I did a lot of shoplifting in that mall, you know, um, but I, I mostly spent my time up, uptown on the, on the main drag in the small town. Um, 
but in any case, you know, for me, it, it was not um, like, let me make pictures about how much I dislike them all. But like, let me look at this as if I'm an anthropologist. Let me capture what this is, but also try and make interesting pictures, but also make really mundane pictures, knowing that in some way, the mundane pictures would be the most interesting later on. And, yeah. and that's what kind of what came to be true. And it's weird. There's like a slow march, like you said, towards this kind of like uh, uh, social life where, you know, I think anybody's lived through this generation, especially when it comes to people are, are following along, like what we're talking about. It really did define an era. I think at one point in the 50s, there was a mall made for every single year. And so some of the complexities around internet shopping, as well as sort of just the, the general idea of what it means to kind of go and buy something has really been right. redefined. Um, you can look at like things like Amazon and whatnot. But I kind of got into a, like a lot of the mall situation because, you know, I grew up in the Midwest. So my perception of what was reality was just whatever I could see in front of me. Right. You would go there to look and you would look around and you know, window shop. You know, just had money. So <laughs> when we kind of look at these, even when I talked about neon. But, but you would also go there to see each other. I mean, half, yeah. half of what you were doing as like a 14 and 15 year old uh, was you know, looking for people to look at or to connect with, that went to the other junior high school, you know, right. like you were trying to expand your boundaries on some level. And so the mall was really a place of social interaction as much as it was shopping. Yeah. And a lot of, I mean, seemingly spoke, like in navigating your way around these large spaces, they were kind of like enclosed. There was a lot of neon signs, especially like certain signs that would really be, you know, you have your Spencer's gift, you have certain yeah. locations that would really support neon. A lot of times the food courts would be uh, given these types of jobs where local, local neon vendors would come in and make work. I think as, as we talk of look at, what the branding side looks like and focusing on the people and interactions, that was all part of it. It was all the kind of like facade. And it's great that you were able to kind of capture. I love the photos that you take it because not only are they relevant, I think, to what's going on now, but it is really kind of an earnest look. Like you said, I don't really appreciate all these different types of stores, but I can go in there and kind of like look at it for what it is. I think yeah. when you look at, you know, the Reagan area in the nineties, the internet, the shops, you know, all that kind of slowly reduced it. However, I think sort of it's a cautionary tale that whatever was nostalgic and relevant will eventually come back. We see a lot of uh, things happening now. Yeah, with, you see it with vinyl. You see it with, with neon. You see it with signs. I mean, I, just yesterday um, I was photographing in Raleigh. Um, I, was do, I was shooting actually on a documentary and there was a guy painting on all the plywood that had covered the broken windows. Um, and he has a, a hand painted sign company called Special Signs. And he, he was just doing these really beautiful paintings but so it's like it's and it for him it's all about the artistry it's about the hand it's about actually making it and making it perfect um, yeah that's that's uh that's so funny you mentioned that because that's that's joseph we had him on the show joseph Ciampino. yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, he, great <laughs> yeah he's really great he's out in rally and uh what an incredible guy like he former... yeah, because when you were talking it made me think of him and, and there's there is that deep connection to that idea of exactly what you're talking about <laughs> so <Yeah>. weird <laughs> <laughs> well it just shows you the depth of the show i mean if every time i think about somebody i haven't talked to i mean i, I start to sit there and think about myself uh, oh my god I, I did did meet that person i did talk to them uh yeah i mean this 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 idea of decline too it's so funny because when i look at all the times these cities consider themselves what the biggest i think part to the takeaway is really what what are we learning from this experience i think people would want to have those things back but now they're kind of gone or, you know, things like old signs that get tossed in the bin only to actually 
transpire in things, places like Vancouver, Canada, where they quickly realize, oh no, we really want these signs around and we're going to do what we can to keep them. Some cities right. have kind of moved so quickly like New York, they can't necessarily go back and capture all those signs. They're gone. Um, so I think photography, yeah. we talked yeah. about I this. I mean, that's really, have you seen that book of the, the, the storefronts of New York that the guy did in the eighties? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, we, yeah, that's funny. You know, a lot of the signs that we uh, are memorable enough are no longer around. So, um, right, that's what that's what's and, interesting yeah. too. You know, when you look at like the collection of signs and you go back on those 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 moments, uh, we had you know uh, a lot of documentation done through these unique neighborhoods, like James and Carla Murray. We just had is that you're talking about with New York City Neon? Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, no. I'm not sure if it's the New York City Neon book, but it's the one where it's just the storefronts. The they did storefronts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's a husband and wife team. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they last shoot like eight by ten camera. They do it really beautifully. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. just had them on like last month. I think it was like three or four weeks ago. So they were like <laughs> this, cultural. <laughs> yeah, I mean, weird. it's getting weird. It, it, the cool part though is that there's there's this connection though. Like we talked about, there is a. Uh, admittance to like documenting and stuff we talked about photography and i really love your book yeah. back to the mall book because it really shows um you know it really it, it's really one of the things that we can kind of hold on to like i said like it, it does freeze time in a way have people I, I have stories of people coming up and being like hey that person is me in the picture you've had these moments now where people actually have had enough time to digest this i've had so many of those moments it's crazy and a lot of times people will write and say i'm sure that's me i'm sorry i was never in buffalo uh, and then sometimes they'll write and they'll say, I'm sure that's me. Were you ever at the Villa Italia Mall outside of Denver? And I'm like, yep. And that's you. I'm sure it is, you know, because I only went to like 20 malls. So the people know. But um, so I don't know, even know if you know, but I had another book come out last summer. Um, oh, no, I, I know. Yeah. Well, last, well, last fall, I, I did another Kickstarter and it's actually called The Decline of Mall Civilization. Um, where I went back and I, I got a bunch of different pictures. And the first book was all um, one picture as a double page spread over two pages. And this time I did everything as um, one image per page so that there's kind of a flow um, and each picture plays off of each other. So they're really different books and they're all different images, even if some of them are somewhat similar. Um, but it's interesting because uh, as I did this book, I thought even more about how important photography was. And I got all these amazing photographers who had a huge influence on me, who over the years I'd come to know, like Chris Stein from Blondie, um, Godless, who covered all the, um, the, like the punk rock stuff around CBGB's television and all that, and um, Patti Smith and all those things. Sure. Teresa Kariakis, who did all the LA punk stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, actually, um, what's his name? Uh, how can I not remember his name right now? Alex, Alex Winter, who was in Bill and Ted's um, Big Adventure. Oh, yeah. Because in Bill and Ted's, it's actually 1989, and that huge scene takes place in the mall. And so this book was called The Decline of Mall Civilization, because actually 1989 was peak mall. And you know, it gets really even more interesting when you kind of start to think more about like the role in American culture. And, and you, you mentioned Reagan. But in a way, I think that the mall in the 80s was actually a weapon in the Cold War. Hmm. If you really think about it, like the way it was pushed into the media and all of the attention it got. I mean, it's not like the U.S. government said, OK, we're going to do the mall. But it was it was this kind of idea of, um, you know, consumer culture that took down the government in Russia. You know, people were buying jeans for two months salary. 
like there was this desire to have these objects of desire, you know? So yeah. all these weird things are connected, but, but all of those people um, really inspired me in terms of what they documented something that was, you know, evanescent. It was there and it was so powerful and then it was gone and they were kind of the only people documenting it. And in a way, you know, Alex Winter is, is an amazing filmmaker as well. And so, it, you know, it was just really amazing to get all of their different takes on kind of the importance of this moment, you know, or that moment. Yeah, and I think it's nice to be able to have a shared experience between multiple artists. You kind of get different feedback, I think, especially when it comes to a book that you had established, you know, previously kind of ran out and you came back to revisit it. It's kind of a neat way to kind of not only solidify what you had felt when you first made it, but like you said, you you came back with a completely different lens, you know, no pun intended, but you had a a new look on, on the work itself. And then you could kind of bounce ideas off, especially like when I look at photos, like a woman is seen walking through like a record store with like a classic Madonna album on, yeah. I mean, which oh, dominated yeah. sales at the time, you literally are like looking at history, musical history, whether you like the music or right. not. And then in that picture itself, you're going to have to notice in the corner, there's a neon sign that says compact discs, mm-hmm. yep. you know, cause they were coming in and you see that there's <laughs> mostly, comp- it was tapes and compact discs, but it was like this neon sign in the corner. And what's really cool about that is, you couldn't see that until I took it out of the slide case. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I couldn't even, it's funny being able to pick up on that so quickly. That's how you probably haven't actually seen that because when I originally <laughs> scanned it, I scanned it um, in the slides case. Oh, okay. I, but for the book, I took it out. And when I did, it was like, it said compact discs and neon. So yeah. I'll have a PDF <laughs> of that book. I saw um, like a, maybe like a, a fifth of it. That's how I picked up on knew what it was. That's why I referenced it in the talk. But no, no, but a lot of those <laughs> pictures were, had been like when I first found the pictures. So, oh, okay. so what happened with the pictures was I took those pictures and I was really excited about the project. And I actually brought, I was a you know, 20 year old college student. I brought them to some galleries and they just laughed at me. They're like, yeah, it's pictures of people in malls. Who gives a fucking shit? Right. <laughs> like, like totally like laughed at me Yeah. because it was all like pictures generation at the time. It was all about conceptual photography. Uh-huh. Uh, and I which is so, which is so amazing now because it could totally be considered as like relevant, which is like you said, like, hold on to all your work. Everybody listen to this. Cause you never know exactly. when it's ready. <laughs> well, no, you do, you do know that actually the work that's the most observant or just present doesn't resonate in the moment, but this is what I actually learned from. So I found, I, I didn't have anything to do with those pictures. I, I showed them at the one rock, some rock show. I like projected them on a wall once, but there was nothing I could do. There was no internet. There was no way to share them with people. Yeah. I didn't have the means to make a book, but then I, I was scanning something else in 2010 and I found a box of them in a drawer. So I scanned them and I put them online and they just went nuts. <sighs> and I just learned so much about like even our brains. Like they literally fired in a different, they went to a in our not, non-present memory. Mm-hmm. So it actually wakes up your brain in this other way. And people got so excited. It was wild. So they went crazy viral and I lost control of them kind of, you know, it was like I, they had gone yeah. beyond me. <laughs> the cat was out of the bag, but it almost, I almost feel like when people give stuff away like that, they're almost worried that it's going to dilute the final work. But what's interesting is that it made it relevant all over again and brought you more attention and more relevance than I think you would have had if you just held onto it and kind of did a small run of something, you know, yeah, I think yeah. the right move was to do that. It kind of like, if you're wondering what it's going to be like, just put it out there. And the internet, it's such a scale. I mean, imagine not having the internet, like you had said, where were they going to go? You know, no they one could kind of, the, the doors had kind of shut and then you kind of were just uh, like, you know, well, I guess I'll move on. It's so cool to come back to that and be in knowing full scale that like, you you know, artists now have the authority to release work whenever they want to. Just imagine that. I right. mean, back then you didn't have the ability to do that like that. Right. You know? 
you would yeah, never yeah. hate that many eyeballs. <laughs> well, it's just all so complex, but you know, it's, it, I guess on some level, I had seen enough photography to know like that the most powerful work only really reveals itself 25, 30 years later. Like it just doesn't, you know, people can sit, like, I think this is especially true because the work in the, in the sense that the work that's the most grabby in the moment mm-hmm. holds up least well over time because it, it loses, it, it becomes like the spark that made it like shine in that moment. I mean, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a filmmaker and I like, I'm just not interested in good cameras because to me, there's this thing about the way that so many films are being made now. Everything looks good in a way that makes it all look like shit to me. Like mm-hmm. it all just looks so good. It looks like um, it, it becomes artifice. It becomes about image rather than substance. Mm-hmm. And so in a way, I'd, I'd much rather have like a, you know, half a megapixel camera than a hundred megapixel camera because there's something about... Um, there's something about the super incredible images that's kind of hypnotizing yeah. that you lose your sense of being with it. I, I don't know. There's something about I, like, I, 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 I appreciate that. I think also too, it, it speaks to a higher level of like, you know, just the, the content itself will rise to the top. There is a lot of talk about, you know, what gear do you use? How do you use it? Oh, I believe yeah. that the subject matter is good enough and the message is good. It will, it will, will, it will be conceived as being good. Right. But um, sometimes if the you know. subject matter is so strong, yeah, that the that the that the the over fetishization of the image actually kind of degrades the content. Yeah, that's yeah. just. I mean, that's my own aesthetic. That's, yeah, that's I agree. I, I think you're right. It, I think well, it, doesn't it, do, but, it doesn't serve me well, but it's still where where my my heart goes. Yeah, I think so too. Is like I, I do. I think you have a point. I mean, there's something true. I think. Uh, well, you look at the book too, and I mean, there's things that are really clearly, like you said, back to what supercharged this is that, I mean, the tiled floors, the artificial plants, yeah. the brightly lit stores. I mean, these are all recognizable features back then, but we don't use any of that now. And so right. I think people want to identify with, a, with it was, I guess you could say it was a simpler time. I know now we're dealing with a lot more, but yeah. there were still a lot more things going on. But however, I mean, peak mall year was 86. I mean, like I told you, at least one shopping mall every had built in the U.S. since the 50s. And so 10, 10 of them opened in 1990 alone. So this visual wow. documentation of like a, now we're under kind of a bit of a retail apocalypse where yeah. small mom and pops, I mean, they were existing in some of those small malls, yeah. but you know, things like JC Penney's going away. I mean, who could imagine, yeah. you know, this historical movement of large big box retailers no longer be able to even survive in this environment. We don't go out and kind of get things. I think that's the reason why we stop and look at these photos because they remind us of a, a kind of a different time. You know, it's kind of like, Oh, this, this is what we used to do. <laughs> yeah. You know, are you photographing all that? Do you, I guess, projects that you look back on now, the book's been well-received, it came back out, and you kind of revisit any of the mall stuff at all? Or Because I know there's people shooting more dead I malls do, out there. I do sometimes, like, you know, I, I've shot a couple times in malls. and But I guess for me, sometimes it's like, I, I, I shoot something out. So, like, right after I did the mall project, I started shooting a lot of music stuff, and I did all this black and white work for, like, five or six years. And then... It felt like that was done. So I started shooting, a, I got a T4, which was this really cool uh, point and shoot camera in the er, mid nineties. And I started, I shot like 500 rolls of that. So that's probably the next thing after I finished the black and white, like I, I, I'm now going back and I'm making sense of the work that I made rather than making so much new work. You know, mm-hmm. I say that, but like, you know, I now have a phone and I have like 22,000 images on Instagram. <laughs> I still shoot a lot. 
which is so cool. I think, you know, it really does convey the space. I mean, you post more. I believe yeah. that to be true. I think anybody that invites themselves to want to see their work go further, just continue to put work out. And I think that's what Michael has done so well is that, you know, even with the elements that do change, undergoing significant transformations in this kind of uh, landscape of, of, you know, different artwork, uh, work going on, connectivity. Um, I think the situation never does change. I think you just need to revitalize your own self and put more out there, you know, and yeah. people will either connect with it or they don't. And I think that's the best place to operate from. I think your concept of showing those shopping days and, you know, the world of neon. I mean, in recent years, we've kind of gone back and looked at that too. I mean, popularized certain shows and some things like have closely, I think, looked at your work, maybe not absolutely copied it because I don't like to take that word but I do think that yeah. it's been influenced you know especially where we emulate from now to where yeah. we're going I think we reflect on that so well um, it's interesting you know um I'd started the kickstarter for this new project on um what was the date um oh, like July 2nd of la last summer and July 4th stranger things kicked off <laughs> and there's no doubt at all that they used the book because I was talking about the one from Denver, that, that image definitely created this, the, the template for the area in the middle of the Starcourt mall. But what's even weirder is that the Duffer brothers um, were from this area where I live now. And there was a mall that I did a lot of the shooting in called South square mall, which is now a parking lot for big boxes, but it was like right by, it's like a mile from the school they went to. So there's this kind of really weird connection between uh, that, but also, you know, you mentioned you were from Iowa originally. Like we also yeah. made a movie called Who Took Johnny? Um, and that's a movie about uh, Johnny Gosh. It's a documentary about the first missing kid on a milk carton, which was Johnny Gosh from Des Moines. Mm -hmm. um, and so all these weird, there's all these weird connections between these, these you know, strange things, but also the way in which, um, you know, images will go out there and, and they will influence people. They will influence people in way they don't, ways they don't even realize. Mm -hmm. I think so too. I think you've got, like, you made a good connection there. There's a lot of uh, kind of deeper undertones of what's going on, especially with the documentation part. And I think that's really the beauty of it. I think, you know, you either, you either get it, you don't, but it's just that, that's what it was like, you know, there's no, <laughs> you didn't change anything. That's the, yeah, you and click it was, the button. It was that's also what it was. like, you know, like I said, I didn't love them all, but I didn't shoot with a sense of judgment. I wasn't like, that's the thing too. Like sometimes if you make work that's really judgmental, it may attract people in the moment who are also judgmental, but it doesn't hold up very well. Like mm -hmm. later on, it, it, that, that negative energy sticks with it and it just feels bad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think there's some truth. There's a lot of truth. I think the truth is really what people are looking for. And there's a lot in that work too, especially the kids gathering around, yeah. you know, tape world, uh, yeah. you know, some of these stores that are just, were iconic at the time. Uh, you and so remember that they, they had stores that sold just cassettes. Like, remember <laughs> that. It doesn't even seem real. It doesn't seem real. Right. You know, like, you know, being on a pay phone, right. <laughs> it doesn't, yeah. just doesn't make sense. Uh, Michael, where can we, people find your work? You're on Instagram as well. You've got a great website. Um, just yeah. let people know where to go. Yeah. Rumor picks is the Instagram R U M U R P I X. And the website is rumor.com R U M U R.com. Um, yeah. And we, you know, all the information about our movies, like you said, you live in Louisville. Our first film is called half cocked. We have, you know, all of our films are up on Vimeo on demand and you can find them via our website. Awesome. Yeah. yeah everyone, Michael Galinsky, go check out his book, uh, the decline of America malls, um, mall photos, you know, decline of mall civilization. Please go check it out. Uh, really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. Thank you.
Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that show. If you haven't done so, please leave us a review on your podcast aggregator of choice. We have a lot of great neon guests coming up, and as always, thanks for listening.